Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Are you glad he's our God? He is our refuge and strength and very present help in trouble. He is what we're talking about today. That, that song is a perfect, perfect setup for our message today. I'm glad we have a God who can be in and meet our needs when we need him. Amen. Psalm 46. We're going to begin in verse number one. I want to tell everybody why you're turning. Uh, you, you need to be real proud of your church, your choir, uh, the, the staff that's here. Yesterday, we had 20 churches come to Temple, spend all day, and your staff ministered to 20 different churches, teaching them and helping them and blessing them and giving them what they need to be able to go back to their church and be a blessing to their church. So can y'all do me a favor and just give our staff and our choir and the worship team a hand? Yeah. I tell you what, it's, it's really cool when, you, when you ha- you're in a conference. It's a, it's a conference. It's a learning conference where you're teaching and you're taking notes and doing all that kind of stuff. And, and the choir busts loose on a song and just worship breaks out. Amen? Man, that's great. People at the altar weeping and getting right with the Lord and getting help. And, uh, and, and some are putting on uh, Facebook and tweeting and all kind of stuff how much they enjoyed it and a blessing. I tell you what, I am tickled to death to be able to say I'm a member of Temple Baptist Church. Amen? Amen. Psalm 46.1. Have you found your spot? Say amen. This is a special verse for me. I, uh, when I was in Bible college, I, I, y'all know that I get nervous and I, I get, you know, just tore out the frame and everything. And one of the first times I ever had to stand up in front of a large crowd, uh, Dr. Brown called on me as uh, the pastor of the church where I went to Bible college. And periodically he would pull out a college student and, and have them come up and preach a minute, you know, testify, preach a few minutes and And uh, I'd been learning this verse. I'd been trying to memorize this verse. God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. So I figured, well, that'd be as good a verse as any to talk about. So when he called my name, I come up there, and and I guess I wasn't as humble as I should have been because God just, how many of y'all know God will humble you? Yeah, he will. So I stood up and I turned around and I faced this crowd, and and, and it looked like 37,000 people in this 600-seat auditorium, amen? And I looked out and I said, God is our refuge and strength. And, and, and Dr. Brown hollered from behind me and he said, and the very present help in trouble, and boy, are you in trouble. <laughs> I went right on down with my head down, amen. I learned later if I'd have come up like I went down, I'd have went down like I come up, Amen. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, let's, let's read. Let's read. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. Selah. What that word is, it's placed there and it's telling you stop and think about what you just read. Think about it. Meditate on that. There is a river. In verse 1, we learn there is a refuge. In verse 4, we learn there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. 
the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. What do we learn from that? We learn that, that God is that river. God is that source of refreshing. It says the heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah, there it is again, think about it. Come, come, behold the works of the Lord. Verse 1 tells us there's a refuge. Verse 4 tells us there's a river. Verse 8 tells us there's a record. Say amen. God has a record. Come look what he's done, it says. Look at the desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariots in the fire. Now so far that the psalmist is speaking. So far the psalmist is praising and so far the psalmist is bragging on what God is doing. But here we find in verse 10 that God stops everything and God goes to talking. You know, it's one thing for the preacher or the teacher or whoever it is to be bragging on God. And it's one thing for them to be talking about God. But it's a whole other thing for God to start talking. Look what he says. Be still. Say that with me. Be and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Think about it, people. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will please help me. I don't have the strength. I don't have the energy. I don't have it in me to do what needs to be done today. I pray in Jesus' name that you will refresh me. I pray that you'll revive me. I pray that I'll have a second wind, Lord, I pray. Give me the strength to tell what needs to be told. I pray, Lord, in a way that they can understand and clearly, clearly contemplate what you have for us today. I pray that your perfect will be done. And, Lord, we'll give you the glory. We'll give you the honor. We'll give you the praise and worship. Lord, you deserve it. We don't, but you do. And God will praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The first message that we talked about in this series of miracles and series on miracles, we found a message about praise and a message about worship and how worship is involved in the miracle-making process and how we should worship and give Him glory and praise. And, and then we learned about prayer. We learned how important prayer is, that we need to seek God and we need to bring our petitions to God and, 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 and bring our needs before Him and how God will answer prayers when it comes to miracles. But this week, I want to I speak about a different topic that we learned about in our devotional books. If you've been going through your devotional books, you'll learn uh, that God is all about solitude. He's all about being quiet, wanting us to be quiet. He uses the phrase here, be still and know that I am God. And, and so that's what we want to talk about today, uh, the, the, the miracles through stillness. Now, in order to really get this chapter in order to really get all the goody out of it, how many of y'all like to get all the goody out of whatever? If I have a chicken leg, I'm going to get it all the way down to the gristles. Amen right there. 
And that's what I want to do today. I want to, I want to get all the goody out of it, every bit of it. If you've got a blow pop with the bubble gum, I'm going to get all the gum off the sticks. Amen. In order to do this, you have to go back and understand the historical context of this particular psalm. Many, many counselors and many uh, Bible scholars believe that this psalm is a psalm of King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah, if you want to get the, the, the background to it, you go to 2 Kings chapter number 18 and 19, and you will find that King Hezekiah was a godly king. He was a, he was a man of God who did great things, who had the favor and the touch of God upon him. And during his reign, there was a king from Assyria who came and besieged Jerusalem. His name was Sennacherib. Sennacherib came and he began to make threats against God and his people. He began to make threats against Hezekiah, the king of Jerusalem. In chapter number 18, we find that he sent his messenger to them and began to tell him what Sennacherib had to say. Sennacherib said this. He said, your God cannot deliver you. Don't be foolish. Don't be ignorant to think that your God is any different than the other gods. Hey, listen, every other land, every other country, every other people we have destroyed, we have conquered, and we've destroyed their gods, and your God is no different. Your God is no more powerful. Your God is no better than the gods of the other lands. We will destroy you too. Boy, that's, that's, that's saying a lot. When you come and you sit and you look on the outside of the gates of the city and here this army is surrounding the city of Jerusalem. Hezekiah's wigged out about it. How many of y'all would be saying amen? He's threatening him. And now they've got him locked in. Now they've got him where they can't get out. Nobody can get in. Listen, there is no supply. They're running out of water. They're running out of food. They're running out of provisions. And then at the end of the deal, after you read chapter 18, you read chapter 19. Listen, Sennacherib, he says, I'm, he sends a letter. And he repeats what he said in chapter 18 in the letter in chapter 19. Well, here is what takes place. King Hezekiah, he takes the letter. He takes the letter and he goes by himself. Are y'all with me? He gets by himself in solitude. He goes into the house of God. I tell you what, I can't think of a better place to be when I'm in trouble than the house of God. It seems like to me that when people get into trouble, the first thing they do is quit church. The first thing they do is quit reading their Bible. The first thing they do is give up on God. Well, honey, the first thing you need to do if you run into problem is to seek the problem solver. Well, they come in. Listen, Hezekiah comes in, and this is what the Bible says. He took that letter and spread that letter on the altar before God. And he begins to pray. And he says, oh, God, we know that there is none like you. We know that you're the one and the only God. God, you see the threats. God, you see what's happening. Oh, would you move on our behalf? Oh, God, they've mocked you. Oh, God, they've blasphemed you. Oh, God, they've denied you and they've threatened you. And you know what God says? Be still. Don't do nothing. You see, Sennacherib done made God mad. Say amen. If you keep reading chapter 19, at the end of, hallelujah, at the end of chapter 19, you'll find that the very next day, 
the very next day, they walked out of the gates and there was 185,000 Assyrian soldiers, dead corpses lying on the ground. It says the angel of God came through and slew them all. Say amen. Now, what's that got to do with Psalm 46? Well, Psalm 46, 1 through 3, tells us there's a refuge. You remember, Hezekiah is writing this, reminiscing of the situation that happened. He said they were on the outside. They were threatening us. They were, listen, they, were, they had outnumbered us. They were more fierce than us. They mocked us and they threatened us. But God is a refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. It looked bad. Oh, it looked helpless and it looked hopeless. It looked like we had nowhere to turn. It looked like we had no hope in God. But God is our refuge. We can run to him when we're scared. We can run to him when we're helpless. When we're, listen, when we are hopeless and without anything, we can run to God with our problems. Amen. He's our refuge, so we will not fear. Though the earth be removed, we will not fear. Though the waters overflow, we will not fear. No matter what the doctor says, we will not fear. No matter what the banker says, we will not fear. No matter what the lawyer says, we will not fear. God is my refuge and my strength and a very present help in trouble. Yes, amen. You say, what about that river? You see, in verse 1, there's a refuge. In verse number 4, we find there's a river. Do you realize there's not a river in Jerusalem? There's not a river in Jerusalem. Nowhere near Jerusalem is there a river. Listen, they were locked in. They They were bound up. They had besieged the city. But Hezekiah, in his praise, he said, even though the enemy's on the outside of the gates, even though it looks like we have no provision, we have a God who is a river who can meet the need. He is a river that will bring refreshing. He is a river that will bring reviving. Oh, listen, water don't mean anything to us because we can go to the faucet and turn it on. But in that day, a river meant everything. It meant provision. It meant refreshing. It meant life because without water you cannot have life and he is saying that God is our provision he is our life and when we don't think we can go on another day God will come in and meet the need yes amen yeah Mm -hmm. and then he said this then he said this they opened the gates the next day in the very next verse you remember I said there was three there was a refuge there was a river and then there's a record There's a record. They said, come behold the desolation of the Lord. What is he saying? Come out here and look what God did. Y'all ain't going to believe this. 185,000 men God defeated. And Israel never lift a finger. Come look. There's a record. So you're worried? Hey, let's open the record. God has never failed his people. 
God has never, he's never abandoned his people. He's never forsaken us. He's never left us. When the devil tells you you're going down, he said, open up the record. There is a record. He says, come out. Woo, come out. Come out and see what the Lord has done. I don't care what the game looked like. Look at the scoreboard. Mark a W is a W. Any way you look at it, amen. Come out and look. Now, that's the introduction. I'm serious. Oh, 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 oh. That was Hezekiah talking. That was Hezekiah talking. The message is in what God said. Now, how many of y'all can how many of y'all can see this great miracle? I mean, one day you're running out of material, you're running out of provision, you're running out of water, you're running out of food, you're getting threats from a wicked, wicked king who's on the outside saying he's going to kill you, he's going to destroy you, he's going to take you into slavery. And the next day, all of the enemies dead on the ground. That's a miracle. Any way you want to shake it, that's a miracle. Any way you want to look at it, that's a miracle. That's what we need. All this stuff we just put on the screen, in order to get that to happen, we need a miracle. Unless you just won the lottery. Any lottery winners? Then we need a miracle. Are y'all with me? Now watch what God says. God says, oh, this is great. Let me tell you something. The miracle didn't come because you was a good person. The miracle didn't come because you were so good at your warfare. Watch what he says. Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the land. In other words, amongst everybody. Not just the enemy, everybody. Now let me give you three quick things, real quick. Number one, what do we need to know about this miracle stuff? About solitude. There's three things in this verse that just stood out to me like crazy that's so powerful. I'm I'm telling you, it's so good. When it comes to needing a miracle, sometimes God is saying this. There is an action we must take. Say that with me. There is an... Now, this is going to sound oxymoronic. It's going to sound like I'm contradicting myself. But the action that we must take is no action at all. Y'all get that? The action we have to take is no action at all. In other words, the word still here in this context, he says, be still. It literally means this. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Everybody hold up your hand. Not like praise, like this. It means stop. You know what God is saying? 
Uh, I preached for 45 minutes a while ago and left my spleen on that first row. Y'all going to do better than what y'all doing. Let's try this again. God is saying, stop. Preacher, I need a miracle. God is saying, Preacher, you don't know what the situation is. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know what my need is. I need to do something. I need to do something, preacher. You know what God's saying? Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to finagle a way to make it happen. Stop trying to solve it on your own. Stop thinking that you can get it done. He says, stop, stop. How many times have I created bigger problems because I got my hands into it? God gave Abraham a promise and said, I'm going to do a miracle. And Abraham got tired of waiting on God and he tried to do it on his own and mess everything up. And you know what God is telling us today? Stop. I know the miracle. Stop. I know the need. Stop. I know you're desperate. Stop. I know you're afraid, but stop. 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 I know this is hard. It is for me. I'm not, a, I'm not one to stop. I want to fix it. I want to do something about it. I want to solve it. I can't, I can't, I can't just take my hand. I got I to gotta do something. I got to do something. And God says, yeah, I know you got to do. You got to stop what you got to do. Can anybody relate to what I'm saying? Now, there's, there's a second part to that too. It don't just mean stop. It means be quiet. Woo. Y'all want to do the Alabama term? Shut up. I read a t-shirt the other day. It said this. I had the right to remain silent. I just don't have the ability. I said, I'm going to buy that one in bulk. Hey, Amen. I'm passing that booger out right there. How many of you have needed, had a big need, and your mouth got you in trouble even more than the need was? God just said, shh. You me tell you our problem? We come to God and we get in our prayer closet and we get on our knees and we, na 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 100 mile an hour, tell him every need we have, every problem we have, every issue we have. Oh, God, help me, help me, help me, help me. In Jesus' name, amen. You see, prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. God says, I need to do some talking and the only way that you're going to be able to hear me is if you... Amen. Be quiet. <laughs> I've ruined all y'all, hadn't I? They say after three years, they're just like the pastor. Y'all are in trouble. I'm just saying that right now. Am I telling the truth? How many times do we go to God in prayer, just, oh, God, help me here, help me here, and we don't stop and be quiet long enough for him to speak to us. Because I found out when my mouth's running, my ears ain't. And God just says, stop. Shh. I, I want you to listen. I want you to listen. Be still. Be still. There's something I want to do for you. There's something I want to tell you. There's something I want to help you with. There's something I want to teach you. There's something I want to teach you. But I can't teach you 
until you learn how to be still, until you learn how to and <laughs> Will, I could stop right there and say that's enough for me to handle for one day. Amen? But you know what? The second part. This is what God says. Be still. And watch this. And, come on, y'all. And, and no. You see, God is saying this. There is an action to take, which is no action. Stop. There's an action to take. Then secondly, there is a fact. There is a fact to learn. There's something you need to learn. Do you realize most every time, do you realize most every time in the Bible you find the phrase, stand still or be still, it was always for the purpose of instructing. Does that make sense? Watch what it says. I got some verses for you. Look what it says. It says in Numbers 9, verse 8, And Moses said unto them, Stand still. Why? I will hear what the Lord will command concerning you. 1 Samuel 9, 27. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Bid the servant pass on before us. And he passed on, and he said, Stand thou still a while that I may show thee the word of God. Why does God want us to be still? Because there's something we need to learn. There's something we need to learn. This is something, this is so cool. This is something that I learned this week about miracles. And and if there's anything that you get, don't miss this, because this is the most important part of the message. This is going to blow your minds. Do you realize that, now watch, Watch, write this down. What you learn from the miracle is more important than what you get from the miracle. Let me say that again. What you learn from the miracle is more important than what you get from the miracle. Do you realize that God did not kill 185,000 enemy soldiers so that they could be in peace? God does not do the miracles that he does so we could have a more comfortable life. God is not going to give us pavement out there in the yard so we can keep our high heels from getting towed up. Do you all understand that? He said this, I want you to be still so you can know that I am God. I will do a miracle. I will do a great thing. Not so you could be in comfort. Not so you could be comfortable. Not so you can have it easy. Not so you can get what you want. No, sir. I will perform a miracle so everybody will know that there is a God in Israel. I am powerful. I am almighty. I will raise the dead so you will know I am the resurrection. I will feed the hungry so you'll know that I am the bread of life. God wants us to learn who he really is. God did not raise Lazarus from the dead so his sisters could have their brother back. He raised Lazarus from the dead so everybody would know that he was the resurrection. Somebody ought to shout glory right there. Brother Craig Edwards taught me something. He said, son, 
This city not, does not need to see what Temple Baptist Church does for God. This city needs to see what God does for Temple Baptist Church. If all this city does is see what temple does for God, then temple will get the glory, temple will get the praise, temple will get the credit, and it's not about that. This city needs to see that there is a God in heaven who's looking down from above, and he has got his hand on this place, and he is showing himself real, and he's manifesting his presence, and he's manifesting his power. This city needs to see what God is doing for temple. Listen, I want a miracle, but I don't want it just so I can say we don't have no mortgage. I don't want it just because I can say we can walk to the front to the back on dry ground. I don't want it just so we can say we have a state-of-the-art facility for the teenagers. I want it so my kids and my grandkids can see, oh, look what God did. Oh, God is real. Oh, God is powerful. Oh, God is mighty. God met the need when we couldn't do it on our own. Oh, what we learn from the miracle is more important than what we get from the miracle. Give him praise and glory in his house today. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's good. Man, I'm going to buy my own CD today. Amen. I don't care. It's good. Hey. Isn't it cool when God says something? I'm telling you, that came from God. God spoke to me this week and he said, oh, I want you to know me. I'm not going to do this so everything can be perfect and everything can be right. And I'm doing this so you can see me. So you can know that I am God. I don't care what the enemy says. I don't care how many letters the enemy writes. I don't care how many false kings they've destroyed and they've devastated. Bless God, tomorrow morning they're going to know I'm God in this place. There's a fact to learn. Well, I ain't giving nothing. Well, that's fine. You don't have to. It's America. Miss out if you want to. I ain't. I want to see God. You know, I... I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like Moses. God got frustrated with the nation of Israel. He said, go on, take them. Go on and take them. Moses, take them on into the promised land, but I'm not going. Y'all remember? God told Moses, I'm not going. And Moses said, oh, no. He said, I don't even care about the promised land. I don't want to go unless you go. I don't want to go without you, Lord. I want to be wherever you are, Lord. If it's in the wilderness for the rest of my life, I want to be where you are. Listen, if we spent the rest of our church days in that tent, as long as God's in there, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I want to be where he is. I want to see him in his glory. Well, the psalmist said it well. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Listen, he said, he said this, this one thing have I desired, 
And that will I seek after all the days of my life, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord and inquire in his temple. I want to, watch what he says, I want to behold the beauty of the Lord. You see, it's not what's in the master's hand. It's the master's hand. When the giver of the gift becomes more important to you than the gift of the giver, your life will totally change. Amen. What you learn from the miracle is more important than what you get from the miracle. He said, be still and know that I am God. And then this part here, lastly, we're done. I want you to see the purpose. The last thing, the purpose to remember. The purpose to remember. God does do miracles. But it's so we can know who he is. Watch, watch. So that we can give him glory. Watch what he says in this next one. Be still. That's the action we need to take. And know that I am God. That's the fact we need to learn. Then he says this. There's a purpose to remember. What is that? I will be exalted. I will be exalted. You see, it's not just the church that needs to know who God is. This enemy, this this world, this culture that we live in, they need to see that there is a God. They need to see that God is real. They need to see, listen, what you remember, you remember when David, <clears throat> watch this right here. Look at, look at, in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, I, I'll just read it for you. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee out of mine hand, and I will smite thee, take thine head from thee. Scrappy little booger, say amen. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth. Why? That the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. You know, hey, hey, you know what Brother Craig was saying? That this community needs to see what God is doing for us, not so they can say, Woo, what a church. No, 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 no. So they can say, Woo, what a God. When they come to church and hear the choir, when they hear the preaching, when they hear the teaching, when they see the program, they don't need to leave and say, what a church, what a choir, what a preacher, what a teacher. Listen, if, we, if that's the way it is, we have failed. But if they leave here and say, what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. If they leave here singing, how great thou art. How great thou art. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Oh, we have been a success. I'm sorry. I can't help it. This is just something that's just gotten so big to me. It just helped me. I, I tried to I tried to be more moderate and dignified and, and all that kind of stuff. But when it gets good to me, I can't help it. Amen. I can't help it. Man, when that truth just dawned on me, 
I wonder if we really got this, how many more miracles we would see. If we would see, it's not about fulfilling our lust, our desires. Does that make sense? If, if we started giving God glory and praise like he deserves, I wonder how much more he'd do for us. Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know that he is God? Be still. Stop. Be quiet a minute. And know I'm God. Hezekiah, I know you're afraid. Hezekiah, I, I, I know it looks hopeless. Hezekiah, I know the enemy on the outside of the gates. I know it looks bad. But stop. Shh. I got this. If God ever tells you he's got this, honey, he's got this. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the gatekeeper the next morning? Have you ever had a gatekeeper moment in your life? Where God done something and you was like. You may tell you the sad fact. Too many Christians have not had a gatekeeper moment. Well, I don't know about y'all. This time change that. That's <laughs> thing. I, I got to quit. I'm tired. Let's stand. Let's be honest a minute. Let's be honest a minute. How many of you, let's not even talk about church. And focus on me because I'm not through preaching till we say in Jesus' name, amen. I'm not through, all right? Look at me, everybody. Look at me, everybody. In the balcony, everybody. Let's not even talk about church. Let's not even talk. We know what the miracles that we need in church. We know what we're trying to do. We know what we're... I'm talking about your life, your home, your relationships, your physical health, your financial needs. Do you need a gatekeeper moment? And, and, and you don't have to raise your hand. I don't want you to do that. I'm just saying. Do you need a gatekeeper moment? Would you like for God to just do something for you that only he can do? I want every head bowed and every eye closed. If you say, preacher, that's me. I need God to help me with my relationship. I need God to help me with my finances. Preacher, I got bad news from the doctor this week. I need a miracle. Won't you find a place in this altar right now to listen to him? Just come on, come on. If you're in the balcony... That front wall is your altar. If you're in the balcony, I want you to kneel at that, that front wall right there. 
And I'm going to pray specifically for you. Come on, that's it. You find that, you find that altar up there. You find the altar down here. Don't be prideful. Don't be prideful and arrogant thinking you can fix it on your own. God says, stop trying to do it on your own. Just come to me. Come to me. Come on. Come on. We ought to fill this altar up. I know good and well there's more people in here that's got great needs. Come on. 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 Let's tell him. Come on and listen. Come on and listen. Come on and know that he is God. Come on. Come on. That's it. That's it. Fill them up. Fill them up. If you're not at this altar, be praying at your few. Fill them up. Dear Heavenly Father, I love you. And I thank you. 